Hello and welcome to Top Fives, the show of everything. Top Fives, presented by the Sex Facts. I'm Joey Prati. And I'm Sean Day. And folks, we just have a very well-rounded uh, evening of pleasurable listening for you this this evening. Um, but before we get to all of the uh, oral pleasure, uh, Jonathan, how are you doing, my friend? <laughs> so much, so much pleasure being thrown. So much pleasure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, dude, just been uh, it's freaking Thanksgiving this week, so um, it is. yeah, man. November is. Uh, pretty much almost done and then we got december so just yeah again excited for the holidays and um just trying to catch up on some sleep and some uh health you know trying to catch up with my health and make sure that's all right <laughs> yeah i, <laughs> I think that's always good to check in on that um but yeah man uh, everything's been good and just kind of uh enjoying the uh, the weather out here and and just kind of enjoying the briskness but um, I was just mentioning to Joey before the show, um, it's been still kind of uh, uh, kind of smoky and, I don't know, weird, just kind of smoky out here from the fires that we had um, in Malibu this last couple of weeks. So it's been uh, kind of a, you know, kind of a difficult, uh, you know, especially for all the people, um, you know, thoughts and prayers out to anyone who's was involved with the fires here and also up north. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. And just, uh, yeah, there's kind of the aftermath of that and um, what's happening with, uh, you know, of course, the uh, people who lost their homes and, um, you know, the air out here is, like, freaking terrible. So <laughs> um, just trying to stay in and stay healthy, man. So Very good. Um, but, yeah, Joe, how are you doing? Um, I'm disgusted with my life and with myself but I'm not unhappy about that. Um, you know, just been hanging. Um, I'm, I'm thankful for that Thanksgiving is upon us. Short work week, long weekend, um, a time for family, a time for thanks, a time for giving. So I'm, you know, I'm all about giving and receiving and um, thanking <laughs> So it's I'm looking forward thinks. to it. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, any <laughs> any news this week, Shawnee, that you can think of? Uh, oh man, I don't. Nothing that I can think of right now, as far as the pop culture realm. Yeah. Do you have anything, Joe? Um, the one thing the. Uh, very sad news that I don't think we touched on last week was Filmstruck is shutting down, and that is the streaming service for um, the Criterion oh, Collection. No. And uh, I believe it's TMC or Turner or TCM, Turner Classic Movies. Um, and it's a bummer. It's a really great service. Um, movies that you can't find anywhere else. Um, you know, because Netflix used to have like good film noir from the 40s. That's where I saw Detour for the first time. But you can't find that kind of shit. On Netflix yeah. anymore, it's all mainstream franchise bullshit, and I'm just sick of it. So, and I don't. I've I've had Filmstruck since it came out. Um, I haven't taken advantage of it as I should have, and even now, the end date for it is November 29th. Oh man! Um, and I I know that the clock is ticking, and I'm still like, yeah. 
it it I you know it takes me a long time to finally put one of those movies on, and then when I do, I feel completely satisfied and and so happy that I did. Um, I watched Barry Lyndon on Filmstruck, and I can't recommend that movie enough. It is like three hours, but fuck, is it satisfying? Um, so it's a bummer that the service is going away because business, and um, but. A bunch of filmmakers, um, most notably Spielberg and Scorsese, wrote a letter to, um, I believe it's Warner Brothers, um, you know, begging them to kind of keep the service around. Yeah. Um, they're not going to, but um, in, I want to say, fall of 2019, I could be wrong about this, mm-hmm. um, Criterion is going to la- launch its own independent channel. So, um, oh, cool. So we're we're you know it's not it's not dead dead it's dead, but a it's like Groot, it's like Groot at the end of um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One. You know there's going to be the little little sprout, and we're going to nurse <laughs> it back to life. And uh, but it's going to take some time. So um, rest in peace, Filmstruck. Thank you for everything. But I'm excited that uh, enough filmmakers got together from around the world to really rally and. Um, try to try to keep this alive so yeah i'm i'm look. you know i'll be the i'll be the first one to fucking sign up for the criterion channel so i'm excited that's cool man i'm glad i'm glad there's something you know they're planning to keep part of that you know or at least start a new yeah that. so that's really cool it's, it's quite cool that's quite cool, it's quite cool. <laughs> so uh shawnee our list this week we have a very well-rounded show. We're going to talk movies. We're going to talk video games. We're going to talk music. Um, what would you like to tackle first? Um, I'll, I'll go. I'll go first. All That's right. Cool. Let's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I actually had a chance to see this last weekend, um, Bohemian Rhapsody. How was uh, it? It was actually pretty good. Like definitely yeah. um, for a biopic kind of uh, you know musical biopic. Uh, it was, you know, within the two hours they had, they only had, like, you know, so much story to tell. I'm sure they had to squeeze a little bit in there. Um, but it, it was good. I really liked it. They, um, you know, talked about, obviously, Queen and how they kind of got started. And um, really Freddie Mercury-focused um, as far as his kind of outside personal life from the band, um, his uh, struggles with uh, bisexual identity, and, um, yeah, and, and then, you know, I was happy. I don't know why I read some reviews and they like, or maybe some, uh, reviews that before it came out and they were saying like, oh, they might not dive into kind of like those types of topics. It was just more like a queen focused. Right. Kind of a sanitized. Did. Yeah. Generic. I'm happy they did because, you know, that's something that, you know, it's part of like, you know, Freddie Mercury and, um, you know, his kind of lifestyle and, um, and of course, you know, his struggles with AIDS and of course they played that huge show in 1985 live aid, which was for a different cause, but, um, that was around the time that, you know, he found out that he had, um, that disease. So, um, was yeah. that their last show? Ooh, I, ooh, I don't think so, but they did break up cause he did his solo stuff like beforehand. Oh, uh, okay. And then. And then they got back together to play that show. Gotcha. Okay, cool. And um, and then I, I uh, it was great in the credits. Of course, they put like you know just kind of where everyone's at, and obviously you know Freddie Mercury unfortunately passed. Um, Ninety one. But they were saying, 
Yeah, I think 91, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, and what surprised me, because, you know, the, the movie's called Bohemian Rhapsody, so it, like, kind of center, centers around making that song, too, and how, like, EMI um, just didn't want to take the gamble on them as far as making an operatic six, seven-minute song. Um but it's great because they're queen, you know, they're fucking queen. So they're just like, <laughs> well, you know what? We don't need you. We don't need EMI. Like, <laughs> we're queen. We're, we're going to EMI. Them. Yeah. EMI. A little Sex Pistols reference there. You know? Um, well, hey, but, there's yeah. actually a good Sex Pistols connection. Do you remember uh, the oh, documentary man. about the making of Nevermind the Bollocks? Uh, Johnny oh, Rotten sh- wanders over. To um, where Queen is recording in the in the A studio, and yeah, he yeah. crawls on Freddie Mercury's piano as Freddie's playing. He's like, "Hello, Freddie," um, <laughs> and I don't remember how the story ends. I think that's where it ended, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, um, sorry. That was no. that was quite the detour. Hey, no, I like it. It spawns different stories. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, overall, dude, I, I like the movie. And is it Remy Malik? He uh, played Freddie Mercury very well. Um, so the only distracting thing was this his little tooth overbite thing that they gave him. Oh no. Which the my coworker who I saw it with was like, I think it was like a little too too much on the teeth side of it. But overall, like he nailed um, you know, kind of the Freddie Mercury just uh, uh mannerisms and, and of course the um you know, the performances and just how Freddie Mercury moved about the stage. Uh, and then surprisingly, the guy who plays Brian May looked yeah. exactly like Brian he May. He does. I seen insane. fucking stills. It was um, insane, like his eyebrows and everything. And it's great because um, what I liked about it was because I, I I didn't have a big background on Queen and like how they wrote songs. And majority, like majority of the band, all of them wrote different songs. Like Freddie mostly um, wrote, you know, a lot of them, but. Like Brian May, I think he wrote "We Will Rock You." Oh, okay, and wow. Yeah, uh, this is a great scene. Like they, they're like, we need to make a song for the crowd. Like we need a song that like people need to play with. Like it's not, uh, it's not about us. It's our freaking fans. And that's when they created like "We Will Rock You." Um, that's cool. And yeah, so it was cool. Like I, you know, kind of getting that di- like dynamic of like you know all of them kind of contributed to the band. Um, and yeah, it's just a, it's a cool little short, you know, kind of, I would say short and sweet story about queen. You know, I actually definitely want to dive into more of the documentary stuff, but anyways, so those leads to my top five. So Joey, what are your top five, um, like music biopics? All right. So thank you for, for the heads up before, um, before the show, because I I struggle with, with biopics, right? Um, yeah, because by and large they, and I'm not shitting on any biopics um by and large they're kind of generic um they're kind of cookie cutter and and they kind of follow whether it be addiction or death or you know whatever it's it's kind of like yeah i know where this and with any you know you know lincoln's gonna get shot in the theater like you just you know what's coming so it's hard to um having said that so then you know i asked you can i also uh can I can I do biopics that aren't necessarily about real people? Um, <laughs> and you said yes. So this is yes. this is my list. Um, oh, I'm struggling. Number five. I'm gonna go Selena. Um, oh man, yeah, yeah. I was debating between that and Ray. 
um, which right, it was a good make-out movie. And I saw some of it between making out. But yeah, um, Selena. Uh, you got Jennifer Lopez, but you also get Edward James almost um, oh, yeah. as, as her father. And uh, this was on, I was at my parents' house last weekend, two weekends ago. And it was on, and we just watched it till the end, and that fucking Yolanda fucking bitch just, oh, I thought she was my best friend. I killed her. Well, then why? Why'd you do that, Yolanda? Um, so, yeah, it's it's heartbreaking. Um, she was 23, and she was so talented. And, and uh, you know, Jennifer Lopez wasn't the greatest fucking actress in it, but she she brought it home, and she did a really good job. And um, it's it's a story about family, really, you know? Um, mm mm-hmm. Kind of almost like the Jacksons without the creepiness of it. Um, maybe a little bit. I don't know. Um, number four, Tina Turner. What's love got to do with it? Ooh, um, man. Nice. You know, this is probably the movie where I learned what cocaine was. Um, cocaine? You know, uh, Ike Turner being like, hey, this is, you know, this is, you know, motherfucker, this is what I'm saying, motherfucker. And then he fucking just the shit out of her and you're just like oh my god this fucking happened she was famous she was beautiful like she was successful and to know that that was going on behind the scenes is fucked up um and but the beauty of it is to see that she came out on top she fucking Mm -hmm. kicks ass she's still kicking ass um so that's a really cool fucking story um heartbreaking but it's it's good you know it's good um tina turner's one tough motherfucker. Um, now this is where we get to our fictional people. Uh, number three, Walk Hard, the Dewey Walk Cox hard. story. Uh, <laughs> and I just I had this conversation with my brother because uh, we saw it in the theater together. And the theatrical cut is not very good. Um, you have to fucking mm-hmm. dig, and you got to watch the director's cut because it is phenomenal. Um, yeah. <laughs> I remember showing it to someone once and. As soon as the movie ended, she was like, whoa, that was a lot of content. And it is, like, because it covers, you know, it starts out, what, in the 30s? Yeah. And then it goes to the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000, 2000, you know. It's fucking Mm -hmm. wild. Um, And it incorporates so many different things. My favorite bits, of course, are... um, you know, uh, Mr. Cox, what do your parents think about your protest songs? What do your parents think about my protest songs, Mr. Time Magazine? <laughs> and then it goes to him as Dylan from, like, uh, 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 um, fucking blinking. Don't look back. Um, mailboxes drip like lampposts in the twisted birth canal of the Coliseum. It's so good, um, man. It's so like, spot on. And John C. Riley. John C. Riley is phenomenal in that in. movie. Jenna Fisher's great in it. Um, wrong Kid Dad is great. Um <laughs> Uh, Ed Helms is a small part. Jack White as Elvis Presley. Oh, oh yeah. So good. Um, but then, of course, you have Jack Black, um, oh, Paul shit. Rudd, Jason Schwartzman, Damn. and oh, yeah, that's um, right. Justin Long as the, the full Beatles. We all the Beatles. We're from Liverpool. Yes. <laughs> Lysergic. Um <laughs> That scene, those the Dylan scene and uh, the Beatles scene. Just, I, when I'm having a bad day, I go on YouTube and I just watch those two scenes because they just <laughs> so make me crack the fuck up. Um, and also dude, the was it the ladies' man? Oh, Tim Meadows, thank you. Yes, he's yeah. phenomenal in it. He's so great, especially when they're in the drug phase, and he's the drummer. So you know, 
during the drug phase, he's just standing there by a gong and just every once in a while gets to hit it and he's bored out of his fucking mind. But <laughs> he has this great line. I mean, the, the, the scene where Dewey gets introduced to weed is phenomenal. You know, it's not habit forming. It's the cheapest <laughs> drug there is. It makes sex even better. <laughs> you, know, you can't OD on it. Um, it's not <laughs> habit forming. All of it is so good. Um, you know, cocaine, what's that? It turns all your bad feelings into good feelings. You don't want no part of this shit. But then uh, later on the tour bus, what are you guys doing in here? We're doing pills, uppers and downers. They're the logical next step for you. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like almost hinting like, hey, dude, <laughs> it's there. <laughs> it's so good. Um, yeah, that movie is phenomenal. There's so much to it. Um, and it does... It is a spoof or parody or satire. I, I think it's maybe a satire, actually. Um, but it, it does follow the, the music biopic. Um, mm-hmm. Biopic or biopic? Biopic sounds like something biopic. you would have to go to a doctor for. Like an operation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or Bi- let's say biopic. Um, but yeah. So I think it fits. Um, I think it's fine. To, and the only reason number two is not number one is because fictional. Uh, that thing you do. Oh, uh, yes. It's, and really, it's basically the story of if the Beatles were from America and they only had one number one hit, really. Yeah. Is, is, <laughs> you know, um, it's, we've, we've talked about our love for this movie on the show before, and it's really great. It's phenomenal. It, it, you watching it, you get excited about playing music and being in a band and like, oh man, you know, we were that fucking close. And, ah. um, it's, and just, it's charming as fuck. It's got charisma and charm out the ass. And if you haven't seen that thing you do, you know, it's Tom Hanks's directorial debut. Do I need to say anything more? Fucking watch this movie. Um, <laughs> and of course, number one, a movie that uh, was on my top five for a very long time, maybe too long. And uh, had a huge impact on me was Walk the Line. Um, the story of Johnny Cash is near and dear to my heart. Um, I love his his book, Johnny Cash's Autobiography, Cash by Johnny Cash, um, of which the movie is, is largely based on. Um, and, you know, it follows the similar addiction, overcoming addiction, mm-hmm. back to music, you know. But you know what? It does it so well and it frames it um, – within a love story between him and Joan or June. Yeah. And, um, it's beautiful, man. It's, it's, um, it's one of the all time great love stories. If you don't read into like what actually was, was going on. Um, cause they enjoyed their pills together after, you know what I'm saying? But don't, shh, shh, let's not talk about that. Um, but it's a beautiful, beautiful love story. Um, and I, you know, Joaquin Phoenix does a decent job of cash. Um, I think he could have lost a lot more weight and been a lot more gaunt. But um, <laughs> Reese Witherspoon, who I'm not, I like her. I'm not a particularly big fan of. Brings uh, such a warmth to the mm-hmm. role, the role of June Carter. Um, yeah. And yeah, and you know, the guys who play uh, his band are like spot on dude. Uh, they're the totally the Tennessee three. Um, (laughs) so walk the line is, is my number one. And Shawnee, I'm very, very curious to hear what your top five music biopics are. Yeah. Um, I share a couple similar ones. Um, I've got 
man. I you know I put I put eight here because I did have like I there's just so many like you know shows like, called I, top I, fives, I, my friend. Yeah, <laughs> there's so many good bi- like biopics and like um, I know we mentioned kind of like the structures are very similar, but um, like they're just good. I, I maybe because of the attachment to like the band or like you know like True, yeah. for the longest time maybe you've been listening to that that music and and that group and you don't you know you it it's a good way to kind of like I guess appreciate. Um, like how they came together, and I always love those, like how the band got together, and like yeah, yeah, were they how they got successful and all that stuff, and you know, I still love watching documentaries about you know music. Same, um, yeah. But I guess this is kind of like the little fast. I always say the fast track version of the short, the short and sweet the, version, the cliff notes, you know, the cliff notes version. Yes. Um. So I've got number. Um. I've got number five. Oh man, I'm, I'm trying to like switch out the ones with my center. Okay, so I got um, number five. I got uh, Control, which is uh, about Ian Curtis from uh, Joy Division. Yeah, and um, yeah, it was a really interesting story. Uh, you know, um, of course, it, it talked about. Um, you know, Ian Curtis and his, his lyricism and his music, um, his struggles with, um, epilepsy and, um, depression, um, which, you know, obviously was, you know, somewhat reflected in the music. Um, but it was interesting to just kind of see, uh, just kind of a, a movie, just, a, just kind of highlighting those, those parts about his life and, you know, sure. kind of, it's always, you know, it's always, stepping away a little bit away back from the, from the music and kind of like the people behind it. And, um, you know, that's what biopics I feel are, you know, showing like where they came from, you know, what struggles were they going through and, um, being, you know, a joy division fan. And of course my dad, I think recommended this movie to me. (laughs) Um, so yeah, it was, it was a, it was a good movie and, um, definitely made me appreciate, uh, joy division. Of course, Ian Curtis, so it always control. trips me out when you realize how young he was, and he then was you really you hear his dude. voice. Yeah. He sounds like an old man in his forties. Love, yeah, love will tear us apart. It's yeah, again. It's, You're like, wait, it's what? It's kind of crazy. It's 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 wild. Yeah, but again, so unique to that time and like. Oh yeah, yeah, know, yeah. It's if it's funny now because there's a couple of bands that I've found in the last couple of years, and that like Interpol is like. Definitely take like the lead singer definitely takes from like Ian Curtis and like the Joy Division sound. So it's like um, that kind of new wave sound that they were creating. So it's um it's def he's definitely the band and, and Ian Curtis himself is definitely like influenced you know tons more bands these days. So yeah. Um, but yeah, Control for number five. I like it. Um, I've got number. Whew, damn. Got number four, straight out of Compton. Ooh, yeah. From 2015. Pain me to leave this one off. I know, right? Um, It's a story of NWA. And uh, what's crazy is I think Ice Cube's son played Ice Cube in the movie. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it was was great. It was cool and very interesting hearing, you know, seeing that kind of story play out and, you know, just seeing where all these. Uh, musicians and and rappers uh, where they're at in like their careers now, and that you know they all spawn kind of like solo careers and are still very deeply involved in the, in, in music. Um, and you know, of course, Dr. Dre and you know, fucking um, 
Easy E. Uh, Easy E, Ice Cube, man, all those guys. Like it, it's it's crazy to think like it all started with that group, and um, it's cool. It's um it it was interesting to see it, like a movie that kind of portrayed that story, especially from the you know coming from the streets of Compton, and where they were born and raised, and you know how they were able to to tell their story through the music, and and you know kind of put a face to Compton, um, and and also and also be you know successful um artists which is um which is crazy and it's like definitely the rags to riches story coming from a you know small place that is definitely um you know not as well off or um you know has a lot of struggles with gangs and all that stuff and yeah um, them relating that through their lyrics and um it's just cool to see like i always love those like with the biopics like when they start to come together and like their music starts to come together and it's starting to actually like reach out to people and and then of course all the controversies with um, NWA and like you know you know fucking that attitude police man and that adi- yeah that freaking you know like that attitude you know definitely got them in that in that light um, to to kind of share you know their struggles from Compton yeah so um, yeah and I think I think the remaining members um, have I think were involved with the movie I think most of these biopics yeah. some of the uh, um, you know, uh, bands have like, you know, a little bit of a um, what do you call it? Their influencer, like kind of, yeah, influence executive, executive producing, whatever. You know, um, what's funny about the end of Straight Outta Compton when uh, <laughs> when Dr. Dre is in that boardroom meeting or whatever, and uh, he's like, "I'm starting my own label," and he's like, "Interscope," and like, I know what Interscope is, and you know what Interscope, and you know, a lot of people mm-hmm. know what Interscope is, but like, not the general public and it just felt like it's, it, it almost felt like a uh, like a marvel stinger you know it almost felt like yeah, a post-credit yeah. scene i'm like is there gonna like be straight out of compton 2 <laughs> that like focuses all about like dre discovering eminem and like you know yeah dude um that's what yeah that's what's like interesting uh and it's funny because like you know it it maybe it, it uh didn't dawn on me like oh yeah like of course that's that was the label that he started and like um, the kind of, you know, his, uh, steps in his career and like all the different, you know, continuing to do music and not go back to Compton or, or not, you know, still t- pay tribute to Compton, but like, you know, he definitely came out, you know, got out of that, that lifestyle, I, I would say. Yeah. Uh, so, um, and, uh, kind of a throwback to a music documentary, um, the defiant ones. I think we've talked about it. On I this, still got to fucking show watch that shit. Dude, yeah. Watch it. And it, I know. And it, and just to see like where Dr. Dre's at and just like a dude who just works super hard and he's just achieved so much through all his hard work. And it's just crazy, man. He's like legendary for like all he's doing and like, you know, beats by Dre, like that, just even that alone, that venture that he did with that, um, like that dude's a billionaire it's, or yeah. gazillionaire or whatever dude. So, um, Billion. Yeah, man. So, um, visionaries, dude. Uh, anyways, yes. so Hell yes. number f- number four, straight out of Compton. I like it. Um, I've got number three. Actually, I actually really enjoyed Bohemian Rhapsody. So right on. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it kind of up there. Um, one, it's just uh, Remy Malek's portrayal of Freddie Mercury and the rest of the cast um, portraying Queen. Um, it it did go through its kind of you know typical arc. Um, I wouldn't say. You know what was interesting though? He, um, it was alluded that he was doing like drugs and stuff. You know, this fucking. They didn't get into it though, because he had a massive didn't... cocaine problem. I'm pretty sure. Right? Yeah, they they kind of like showed that, but it wasn't like, oh, this is like 
it's a drug problem. You know what I mean? It was oh, more, okay. Sanitized. Yeah, it, it was more so his, um, they touched on like stuff about his, obviously his um, um, bisexuality. Right, and, right. Like kind of his struggle to accept that. And, you know, he was married for, for quite yeah, some time. Yeah. And so like they kind of dove through that uh, relationship and, you know, how his wife obviously knew. And, you know, unfortunately over time they, you know, because of the, his bisexuality and, and of course being a touring musician all the time, Jesus. um, strayed their marriage. So, um, but it was, it was interesting that they touched on those types of, um, things aside from like drugs and, you know, kind of the typical stuff you would see in, in some biopics, um, which is unfortunate that a lot of, you know, bands and musicians and artists like drugs are usually where people where it leads but is where it's at um, yeah but you know of course then you know freddie mercury trying to find you know about himself and his identity and he was um portrayed in the movie kind of um you know definitely like he's the spotlight you know or yeah spotlight you know we're we're fucking queen you know like you guys should be booking us kind of you know like you guys should be ah diva kind of diva yeah kind kind of diva but not like super diva um you know, he was just like, yeah, he was just like, we are, you know, we are queen. Like we're, we're fucking gods of this, you know, of, of, Fuck of yeah. rock music. So, um, so it, yeah, it was really, really interesting. And I, I definitely recommend it. Um, if you get to see it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody. Did, um, knowing that Brian Singer was directed part of it and then was fired off the fucking movie because he wouldn't show up. Did that affect your viewing at all? Because I'm, I'm worried to go into this movie. You know what's kind of crazy? Yeah. Um, I forgot it was partly directed by Brian Singer. So when I saw him in the credits, I, I like pieced that information together and I was like, oh shit, that's right. This was the movie that he was, you know, pretty much fired off of. You threw your um, popcorn on the floor and walked the fuck out and flipping yeah. off the screen. You're like, I don't need this shit. <laughs> I mean, I would say like it didn't, no, it didn't feel like jumbled or anything like that. That's good. I mean, I, I guess again, like mentioning like a lot of biopics that are like fast tracks. So like I wish there were moments where it's like, yeah, like let's heavily see like Freddie writing his lyrics and like really getting into like the writing mode. Like what, you know, is grabbing his inspiration for like these songs. Like I felt like maybe that was my only negative. It wasn't okay. like there was like obviously moments where it's like, you know, I, I mentioned like before the show, like the We Will Rock You scene where like Brian May's like, we need a song for like the crowd. So, you know, so it's like, okay, like, that's cool. Like they, that's the intent of like why they made that song. Um, and then like, you know, Bohemian and Rhapsody, they they were just like, we want to make a rock op. We want to make opera like on the radio, like, but with rock music. And it's like, but you know, like I wish I got more into like, you know, what were the, you know, what was the meaning behind the lyrics? You know, what, what kind of like, um, environment was he was he in when he was writing that song yeah and i know that that could be saved for kind of like documentary stuff because like they could definitely dive a little bit more deeper into that stuff but that is one thing the movie ray does i think pretty well and i i mean i saw it however many years ago 15 years ago whatever um but i remember they focused a lot on how he came up with the music and how he came up with the lyrics and yeah you know things like that which some of them seemed fantastical um, like his girlfriend's leaving and he just starts writing hit the road jack and she just starts singing and you're like, whoa, you guys know the words already? Like, uh, you know. <laughs> uh, but you, you know what I mean? 
um, that yeah. is cool that at least they, you know, did the uh, We Will Rock You. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. And there's, you know, some studio footage and all that stuff. So it's like, oh, this oh, is nice. cool. Like, Queen in the studio. Like, you know. So, yeah, it was really cool and um, thoroughly, you know, definitely recommend it. Nice. Um, I think I was listening to, uh, it was uh, Mark Bernardin. He said, Bohemian Rhapsody is just like a bunch of montages strung together. It definitely is. Yeah. It definitely is, dude. Like, I, I'm you know, not course, saying that's a bad thing. Like, it sounds yeah, kind of great. because, you know, <laughs> giving the people what they want, like, of course, I want to know, like, fucking how Bohemian Rhapsody was recorded. They they actually um, have this great scene um, where the drummer is singing the high falsetto. Yes. Um, what was it called? Um, go Oh, no, wait, hold on. Um, uh, Mamma Mia. Ah, oh, shit. It's like the one part where they're, yeah. They, Mama, yeah. Me. For me. For me. So there's this great scene where, you know, of course, like Freddie Mercury was also kind of like a perfectionist kind of guy. So he was just like, he's just like, do it again. And then, you know, the drummer's just like, higher like so it was, it was cool they got those moments where it, it was definitely freddie mercury focused but um there were a lot of good moments where a lot of the other bandmates from queen were highlighted um for their you know musical writing um obviously they're playing and then um a little bit later down the movie um you know again just not knowing like i didn't know like you know, majority of Queen like contributed all to their writing. Like the, the most of the band wrote all different songs. That's cool. Um, which was really cool. And I think by the end, or actually before, I didn't know this too. Um, before um, the Live Aid concert, and they do this scene in the movie, but um, they pretty much meet, you know, because they broke up and stuff, and um, they talk about like, you know, we're Queen, man. We gotta, we we should equally be like, you know, equally splitting everything like that, like all this music is, is all of us. Nice. Um, so that's like that moment. Yeah. That was like that moment where like, you know what, this is a, you know, this is a, um, we can't, we can't be a solo career. You know, you can't be like Freddie Mercury as a solo career, like without the band. And there's a good moment. Oh, it's a good, I I don't want to spoil it, but there's a good moment, good line where Freddie was, you know, he does his like solo career kind of record and he's like, yeah, hired the band. Like, it was, you know, it was great. But you know what? It wasn't Queen. You know what I mean? Ooh. It was just like, it was such a good moment because he, he pretty much realized, like, you know what? Like, this band is, is something special and it, it can't, it can, this sound cannot be recreated, recreated somewhere else because it's all these different members you know, bringing something to the table. That's awesome. So, um, that's, yeah, that's the end of my, but just I love it. it. I, guess, I love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you sold so Bohemian Rhapsody, I got number two. Uh, oh, man. I'm going to, I'm going to switch this up because I know you said Walk the Line. So I fucking love Walk the Line too. It's on my hot, actually, Walk the Line and Walk Hard are my one and two. I love so. it. I love it. So, um, <laughs> you, you said everything, man, like, um, walk hard is, I mean, John C. Riley and all the other, you know, cast members, um, what a just funny and, uh, it's so what, you know, spanning all, all of, um, Dewey Cox's career. I think that's <laughs> just great because you get these little stages of his life and just little moments of changes. And the fact that John and, C. Riley plays him at every stage in his life, there's my favorite 14 year old son. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the, that's like one of the best, like little, like through lines throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Like he just doesn't age. And he's like, uh, what was he talking about? Like, 
um, gonna I um, I'm gonna run away with my like my 13 year old girlfriend yeah. or, <laughs> or like whatever I'm that Edith. is. Like, I'm Dewey's 12 year old girlfriend. 12 year old girlfriend, <laughs> and she yeah, and then she's like uh, yeah, Kristen Wiig in an early Kristen role. Kristen Wiig man, fully an adult playing a 12 year old. I think there's a scene maybe in the 70s after he gets busted for drugs and he's got the full beard and he's in jail and he's talking with his lawyer who is like a really mean like Jewish stereotype. And uh, he's like, you know, and they're talking like in Hebrew. And um, and he's in the subtitle. I remember, you know, he's like, you know, I can't be in jail for, for life. I'm only 21 or I'm a 21-year-old boy. And like, <laughs> I love that. I love how they bring that back. Rehab? Uh, rehab? rehab? He needs more what? blankets and less blankets at the same time. <laughs> I think you're right. It's so good. It definitely, par- again, parodies that kind of, um, especially with like Walk the Line. You know, I'm sure it, it parodies a lot of that movie. Yeah. But like those, those uh, again, just kind of typical scenes that we see in these biopics. Like, it def- you know, the drug scene where he's going through rehab and like, <laughs> he's trying to get clean. And um, yeah, it's so good, dude. And then just like, I don't know, man. John C. Riley just killing it all throughout that movie. I, he's just so funny, dude. Yeah. And um, I, oh man, I, I, I do hope they do. Maybe not another Walk Hard movie because uh, it, you know, of course, the movie kind of spans his life. But I hope he does another kind of, but like music, um, like mockument mockumentary or, or that'd be um, cool. Biopic. I think Jack Black might be doing one right now. Oh man! Maybe not music though. I could be wrong, but I mean yeah. John C. Riley. I did. I think he toured as Dewey Cox promoting the movie. Dude, that is so awesome! Um, and I so wish I could have got to see that because that fits so worth it, man. But that movie didn't right? make any fucking money. I don't see them ever doing. You know what I mean? It's yeah. a bummer. Yeah. It didn't make fucking anything. And they promoted uh, I, the shit out of that movie. Do you remember like him as you know in the Jim Morrison pose? And, yeah. You know they did they did a lot of good marketing for that. And it just I'm sure it's got quite a cult falling. I like, think I so. Yeah. There's a lot of people, especially for that unrated version. Oh, it's so the good. Version, the the so. the, the self indulgent director's cut. I think yeah. is what <laughs> comes up on the screen. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, man. So I, I, yeah, I guess one and two walk. Uh, Walk the line or walk hard is number two, and then walk the line as number one. But you know, yeah. I, I'm I'm a huge fan of that thing you do too, and that's on my top five all time movies. And maybe I just wanted to be fair and just kind of uh, <laughs> leave some off there. But I also had Selena as like kind of my, um, you know, like extra like six or seven, and then I also had Love and Mercy. Oh, the, ooh, I haven't seen um, that one. Yeah. Cusack right. and Dano. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Brian Wilson, um, uh, um, Beach Boys kind of, um, you know, uh, documentary or sorry, biopic of him. And that was kind of interesting because, you know, uh, you know, it was John Cusack kind of playing. I mean, yeah, Brian Wilson, he's definitely, <laughs> you know, he's did a lot of drugs and, you know, he struggled with a lot of um, addiction and um, it was crazy because I guess like his, oh, I'm trying to remember in the movie, like his, either his agent or his manager or like someone who was like in his circle was, um, was uh, manipulating him to take all these drugs. Oh, that's fucked up. So it's really, yeah, it was really fucked up. So like, um, and that's how he got like addicted. And so he was kind of this, this, uh, um, there was like this whole like, 
Um, I think that he got like he sued him or something. Like this whole like trial and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was it was kind of crazy. But I mean, it, it's interesting again to kind of peel back the curtain on like the music. You know, of course these are very music centric, but um, just kind of like you know that person behind the music and like what struggles they went to, through and you know how maybe how, how that was connected to the music they were creating. Yeah. Um, so that's what I know. There's a lot of tragedy in some of these biopics and and totally you know, kind of you know, the, the, on the negative side, but at the same time, like, I think with that, they're trying to tell a story of like, you know, um, you know, music's also, also about expression and like, you know, also expressing how you're feeling personally. And, um, and maybe as, you know, but sometimes it could be like that kind of facade or like curtain that's in front of you, you know, from the, uh, from the artist and the uh, audience and maybe, you know, they just hear the music, but also the artist is going through like their own personal kind of um, struggles and stuff. So, um, yeah, man. So that's uh, what's that's your favorite Beach Boys song? Ah, oh, man. Um, I know, like God only knows. Like I always hear, I always love yeah. that song. I hear it on the radio all the time. But right on. I don't know. It's it's tough, man. They got like quite a quite a discography too. Yeah. So, Good yeah. vibrations for me. Good vibrations. Uh, when I was a kid, I was afraid to sleep in the room in the dark. My dad got me a little radio um, oh, cool. to listen to to try and fall asleep. And I just I always listen to KFRC, KFRC, um, you know, oldies. And um, which thinking about it now, in the nineties, it wasn't you know it was twenty years. Like you think yeah. about like holy shit, like what would be considered old? Nirvana is oldies now. Um, but yeah. I, I digress. Um, but I just remember Good Vibrations and Hey Jude. And uh, oh, wow. they were comforting, but they were also mm-hmm. just fucking haunting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure, dude. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, I like that story. But I, I love your top five. It's very good. Thank you, dude. Thank you. You're so fucking um, welcome. Joey, let's switch gears. What is let's your top gears. five so for today? So I just, Sunday night, I finished Red Dead Redemption 2. Whoa, I percented the story, and let me tell you, I haven't even discovered the entire map yet. What? Yeah. That's crazy. That's how big this fucking game is. Um, and it's wonderful. It's beautiful. The story is gut-wrenching. It's so good, dude. It's really fuck. It's the best story I think I've ever seen in a video game next to the first Red Dead. Um, so with that said, and I know... Rockstar is under fire right now because of their whole crunch culture. Um, but what are your favorite or your top five favorite, excuse me, Rockstar games? Dude, um, I had to dig deep on this one because I, I, I know usually Rockstar is associated with like Grand Theft Auto, Red Dead. Um, so I actually fa- I remember playing this game and it was when I started getting into like racing games. So, uh, number five, I got Midnight Club. Nice. Street dude. Racing. And they had a couple in the series, but I, I think I just remember playing the first one, which came out in 2000, okay. I believe. Which is crazy, because now that movie's that game is 18 years old. Like, it's crazy to think, like, some of these games are, like... It's nuts, yeah. They're that old now. And, um... GTA yeah, 3 is, what, 17? Something like that. Dude, right? Fuck. Um, so I remember this game, like, yeah, just... Customize you can customize cars and it was like when kind of like the like street racing 
thing like uh uh fast and the furious was kind of yeah. <laughs> so like that kind of culture was starting to like kind of uh bleed into like um that kind of pop culture and just kind of the mainstream you know it was definitely like an underground thing you know people with you know cars and and you know super you know souping out cars and racing them so um yeah midnight club for number five very nice um, I've got number four, Red Dead Redemption, 2010. Ooh. Um, I have yet to beat this game, and that's why dude. I think I'm... I know, dude, and that's why I think I'm... I, I haven't bought the second one, because I, like, just need to, like, finish the first one. You know what? This one fucking... I'm just going to say that if you play Red Dead Redemption 2 all the way through... It's a very nice. It makes me want to start up Red Segway. Dead Redemption again. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So I would I would get the fuck on it if I were you. Okay. <laughs> I'm actually considering. Uh, that's why I've been um, uh, waiting to get it. I'm I'm just waiting for Black Friday and just getting some. The some sales are already in. online on the PSN, dude. Oh, okay. okay. And I believe that then, one is uh, reduced. It's gotta free up some space real quick. And <laughs> you gotta good to go. free up about 150 gigs. Oh, bro, I yeah, yeah. I was looking. Um, it's I keep crazy. There's cloud saves on on PlayStation, so I'm like just making sure all my shit's saved, and then I'm yeah. If you delete. delete the game, you're not deleting your your content or your saves. Saves. You're, right? you're only deleting like the install, so the you install. can always That's get so it back. Awesome, thank you, PlayStation. Yeah, definitely purchasing that possibly tonight. Then, <laughs> so um, hell yeah. So yeah, number four, Red Dead Redemption. Um, I'm sure Red Red Dead Redemption 2 is going to be up there um, because I've heard so many good things about the games and you've been telling me how freaking crazy detailed it is. It's 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 definitely fire. So so I got number three. I got three. I got GTA 3 from 2001. Um, This was, I think this was one of the first GTA games I played uh, aside from Vice City. And I believe i played this on the pc actually wait what there was a pc version there was a pc version dude and i remember playing it on playstation 2 a little bit after and i think i'm trying to remember if i played with you or i'm just trying to remember how i came Uh, about playing it but andrew was the first kid i knew to have it um he was the only one with ps2 for a while and i would go over to his place and like just watch him pick up hookers and the car would bounce, his health would go up, his money would go down, she'd get out and of the car, he'd take out a baseball shit. bat and just fucking <laughs> get his money back, you know? Um, it was it was definitely uh and I think was it one of the first like three like three D It's kind of like the first sandbox game. I mean sandbox. Yeah. I don't want to make that proclamation because it's probably not, but it's the first or or the most influential modern day sandbox. Like that's what we can yeah. trace it back to. Um, it's truly explore, you know, missions, you know, choices of different missions. Yeah. Um, and then just like freedom in some way or form. Like, it changed everything. Cars. It, yeah. Like I, 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 we grew up playing video games and there was, there was nothing like Grand Theft Auto 3. Um, yeah. I mean, dude, I remember it's, fucking, sorry, go for it. I, I will no, no, share no, no. my, I, I, yeah. I, I you're good? Okay. I, uh, I forgot. <laughs> I was in GameStop in Ceremony. Um, and when this game came out, it was what, 2001? 
2001, yes. Yes, so we're 12. Like 17. Jeez, man. So 12-year-old, and I want this game, but I don't have a PS2. Um, and I'm in GameStop, and this girl who must have been, if I was 12, she would have been like 9. <laughs> fucking is in there with her dad and picks up Grand Theft Auto 3 off the fucking rack and brings it Woo! to the register. And her dad is none the wiser. And uh, the clerk goes, sir, I'm obligated to tell you that in this game, to replenish your health, you need to pick up a hooker and you have the option to kill her to get your money back. And <laughs> <laughs> I love her, how you just said that <laughs> her, straight up. Her face, dude, I watched her face just wah, like fuck. And her dad's like, yeah, put this back. And oh, like I was just like yeah. so fucking pissed at this clerk. I mean, he did the right thing, I guess. Yeah. But um, <laughs> you know, I was so, I felt so bad for that girl. <laughs> I still feel bad for that girl. She almost yeah. got it. She was so close, dude. What? And that's what's crazy is like GTA. I remember GTA three, like, and like the earlier GTA games were like under fire from like, you know, all these, uh, you know parents and um and then even like media like yeah it was uh, intense there was like some court cases and shit just because of like violence in video games and like how that affected the youth and of course it affected us great joey so (laughs) it did Uh, i I will (laughs) all my anger just goes straight to that game hell yeah (laughs) um but yeah man grand theft auto 3 and then i actually have for uh the next two i have number two gta 5 from Hell 2016, yeah. which um, uh, for the place, or is it 16, 17? Oh, are you talking for the PS4? Because I PS- guess you'd be right, yeah. Because it remastered. PS3 and then also the remastered, which I eventually bought the remastered version. I bought well. it and sold it back like a fucking dumbass. I don't know what is wrong with me. I, You know what? I think I bought it uh, Black Friday of last year. Ooh, that's um, a good purchase so it was like i don't know like 30 dollars or something like half off or something like that but um i mean just the again gta from like the earlier gta games to like five which was the latest one um just like how much um they've just evolved and developed but also keeping still the core elements of grand theft auto and like you know the freedom the sandbox um stealing cars doing all that biz um, it's great because it's that's what what's I think why it's lasted so long the Grand Theft Auto series and why it has such a following is just because of that it's just keeping those core kind of values that were in the game to begin with, um, but then there's like you know in five there was like um, man like the sound design and just yeah. The, um, like when your car is, uh, when you smash your car up, it like got fucked up and like, it was very detailed and, um, there, you know, of course the, uh, I forgot to even mention in all the Grand Theft Auto, the radio stations, man, yep. like the radio the music, God, the, that was like one of the best parts about, um, Grand Theft Auto was the music, especially yeah. for number one, Vice City that I have on my list, um, which definitely, you know, took the 80s kind of, you know, music. And, and then, the, of course, the, the radio personalities and the little skits in between. It was great because it, it gave Hoshi, me that. Hoshi, no. <laughs> Dude, it's so, it's, it's so good because it just made it feel so like, I mean, it was definitely, it was definitely, uh, um, you definitely felt immersed when yeah. you were, you know, hearing it. And then also just kind of laughing every now and then. Cause it's like, oh, God, like, this is like, they put so much detail into this. Um, 
into like giving you that that gaming experience of like driving around the city in a car and you know and then uh vice city of course you know definitely the i would say like the scarface of of gta oh yeah yeah um yeah man and just like the it definitely evolved a little bit from like gta 3 there was um you know the cars. You know they had the the you know the luxury cars that you. you I remember there's that one level where it was like a car dealership. Yes. Like there was like a couple cars on each level, and they were pretty good cars. And I remember just like getting to that Cheetah. point in the game. It's like, yeah, dude, just stealing all the cars from there. Um, but it was good, man. The story was good. Like the the missions, and and then of course the vibe of like the '80s. Like they really captured that. Yeah. Um. In the uh, in the game, so yeah, Grand Theft Auto, man, all the way. Um, I you know what? I haven't played Bully. Uh, there's a couple other games I, I know. I really want to play Bully. Rockstar, dude. So yeah, um, yeah. I don't know, man. Maybe Good list. There's some room for that. Uh, like Joe, it. what are your top five Rockstar games? I'm very interested to hear yours. We we share very very similar ones. Um, I thought about putting La Noire on here, but honestly, fuck that game. And it's mostly I've been, I've a Team Bondi game anyway. One. I yeah. I got it at midnight. Um, but you know what? Ultimately, it was a very unsatisfying experience. Um, but number five, GTA Three. Um, yeah, we've already we've already covered it. This this changed fucking video games forever, and it really can't be overstated. Um, that's the one, man, and it's, it holds up. It honestly, does. Um, GTA Five. Um, I had no. I didn't. I tried four. I really, to this day, I don't like four. Um, I don't like the way the cars handle. Um, oh, that was the one with um, the uh, Nico or whatever, yes, yes, right? yeah. Um, so I just I was not looking forward to this game. Uh, the morning that GTA Five drops, uh, I watched the fucking inst or IGN review, the video review. And I was like, holy fuck. And I went right <laughs> after work and I went straight out and I bought that game. Um, and uh, yeah, like it was, it's, it's the game that it was so fucking, it sucked so much power that it, it's the game that killed my first PS3. Whoa. While I was playing <laughs> it, while I was fucking playing it with my little brother, um, just, I think the dude was like gliding or something and just <laughs> fucking never turned on again. Um, Dude, I, I forgot that's the like the first game they introduced like three characters that you can play too. That's right, yeah. Five, which was a very interesting co- concept for um, how they were going to kind of push the like the the story and the it worked well, forward. and it worked really well. Very very um, uh, not streamlined. Very yeah, just very uh, what's it, what's run? I'm not <laughs> it sure. <was laughs> natural, very like. Um, yeah, it it didn't feel janky or no, like, no, not at all. It, it was very uh, organic, yeah, it was very easy, organic, just to switch between the characters. Yeah, and they were all different in their own way. Like, yeah, personality, every is very different. Uh, stats, and you know, special skills, all that kind of shit. Um, hell yeah! Number three, this could move up higher. I don't know, but right now I'm putting Red Dead Redemption Two at number three. Um, and really, it's only because I haven't spent as much time with it 
um, as the other two on my list um, because yeah. it is the most detailed. Uh, I thought the story was just unbelievable, and the acting was was you know from the main characters all the way to the strangers you meet on the side of the road are yeah. really well acted. Um, you are immersed in that world, um, and it takes its time. There's no real fast travel. Um, eventually you can unlock a fast travel, which you can go from your camp to certain cities. But other than that, you can't, you, you have to be at your camp to fast travel. Um, the one thing you can do, um, if you set a marker, you can get your horse into a gallop. And if you're on the path, you hold it, uh, the screen button on your PS4 to go into cinematic mode. Okay. And, uh, you can just put your controller down. And you'll eventually get to where you're going. Oh. Um, but you want to keep listening because sometimes you'll hear, hear people on the side of the road like, help, help, you know, and then you'll stop yeah. and do your mission. And you intervene. But so then you really get cool, right back dude. to it. Um, so it's, it's kind of cool, you know. Um, I, I feel like that's what Rockstar, like, nailed as far as, like, having those kind of moments happen while you're playing the game. Yeah. Aside from the main mission or, you know, aside from what you're doing, like, you know, it's up to you, and that's I think what's great about these sandbox games now, um, which I feel like a lot of them take from like Rockstar, um, is that kind of you have the choice, right? You know, like we were playing Spider Man, dude. I was playing Spider Man the other night, and it's like I can continue trying to get to this mission <laughs> that I'm trying to go to the main mission, or I could intervene and like help out, you know, these people, or like you know, go to this car chase, or you know, it's it's um that choice, those choices that we get to make in gaming now, it's just, it's incredible. And, uh, it definitely, you know, immerses you even further as far as being able to have control over these things that are sometimes out of your control. (laughs) I don't know. Truth. 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 Um, (laughs) number two, and it kills me to put this in number two, but the first red dead redemption, um, it's amazing. It's, I will say it's harder than red dead redemption Two. A lot of times Red Dead Redemption 2, you feel like you're walking somewhere and then it prompts you, press X, you do it, and then you want, you know. Um, yeah. Where that one, you kind of had to, like, it was more of, I don't know. Um, there was a little more skill involved, I guess. Um, but it's a great story. It's a great character to spend all that time with because you it, it's a long game. And um, I, I never get tired of being John Marston. Um, and that's one thing I will say about Red Dead Redemption 2 is I really didn't think any character could live up to Marston. In the first couple hours of the game, I was like, I'm not impressed. This is kind of whatever. Um, but Arthur Morgan, his story, it's right up there with, with Marston for me. Cool. Um, okay. And his voice grew on me. At first, I was like, this guy sounds like a dumb fucking redneck. No, man. He's fucking got soul He's got soul. Um, so, yeah. But Red Dead Redemption, getting back to my number two. Um, oh, man. How, like, so you've been playing it for years now, I, I assume. And you haven't beat it yet. Do you, do you know the ending? I don't. And okay, I'm not going to. It's one, yeah, it's one I put down and, like, I don't know. I, I don't know. It is the ending in video games. It, you have to finish it. Okay. Um, the the ending oh yeah it's, it's it's the suspense is real yeah i mean i can't believe you've avoided 
spoilers for this ending for eight years, but I'm glad that you have. Yeah. <laughs> and I need you very soon to experience this. Just okay. do all the story missions you can and get through it and fucking fucking power down. Um, but Shawnee, we do, as usual, share a number one Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Um, Vice City? This will be, it's probably my top five favorite video games of all time. Um, and my brother has it on his PS4 and um, you were there. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. You funny. know, when we hung out in North Beach, but the uh, the next morning he's like, you want to play fucking Red or uh, Vice City? I was like, yeah. Um, and it holds up, dude. It still handles very well. And those, you know, Rockstar kind of takes themselves a little seriously now. Um, they have really good graphics and blah, 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 blah. But Vice City still has a, a kind of arcadey feel to it, which I really yes. love. You can just jump yes. in and just fucking fuck around and have fun. Um, and that's a little bit lacking from their newer shit, you know. Um, mm-hmm. their, more, their new shit's more prestige, um, which, you know, Rockstar has always been about personality and attitude. Um, and they still have it. It's just more mature now. Um, yeah. and I, I just, I, I'll never not love, I guess they're more immature shit, you know, they're more rebellious, um, shit. And Vice City is a very fucking rebellious game. Oh um, yeah. 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 Most people put San Andreas above Vice City and I've never agreed with that. Yeah. But San Andreas is all right. It's all right. It, 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 it's interesting cause like five, I feel took a lot of the elements from, the predecessors. Um, I remember San Andreas was the one where you had to like eat stuff. Yeah. Right? Like, you, or you get yeah, fat was, or you get skinny or it was, it was a little too much for me at the time. I was yeah, like, whoa, man, yeah. <laughs> I'm like 14. I, I can't take care of myself. I can't take care of a CJ. <laughs> yeah. Fucking, come I just want to gun down things and rigging steel cars. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, very good. Very good. Top five. Very good. Rockstar games. So, this is now going to be our second week of our new weekly segment, the Ramones discography. Um, Boy, our fucking dear imaginary audience, they they just had to vote for the band with like 20 fucking albums, right? Um, (laughs) But thankfully, we're still in the first four, which is good. Um, (laughs) And it brings me to my favorite Ramones record, uh, Leave Home. Um, Shawnee, did you like this album? What did you like about this album? And what are your top five favorite tracks off of this album? I liked it. It, it's definitely, again, just like their, their first record, just, just all out guitars blazing, freaking just so much energy. And, um, it, it really solidifies the, uh, you know, like the Ramones as far as their sound and, you know, the kind of, uh, yeah, I mean, most of their songs are like two minutes long. So it's, like, <laughs> it's, it's great. It, it's great. Cause the, the record did have those little, you know, a couple songs that were, um, you know, the, uh, the format of what Ramones really is. Um, there's a couple songs kind of doo type songs on there. Um, so yeah, I've got, oh, man, I had six on here, so I don't know why. uh okay okay uh all right um so i have oh oh i love her so yes five 
and um, I th- I'm trying to remember if this was the um, it was more of a slow slower pace one. It was kind of like a again a, like a duopy one, from what I'm remembering. Oh man, which one? I listen to. Uh, to oh, oh, I I love her so. Oh, oh I love her so. Oh, yes, oh, I love yes. it so. Okay. Oh, that oh, that's why I liked it so much because um, it, it it definitely was very singable and yeah. catchy, and um, I love that song. Yeah. shit, it's a good song, dude. Yeah, hanging and it's, out yeah, on a night like this, gonna it's give so a fun. Yeah, kiss. <laughs> <laughs> like some of the remote songs, they can get kind of like the turn to the dark, you know, darker side, and then like some of the songs are very like up uplifting and very just kind of jubilant and. Um, yeah, again, I think I, I picked that one because of the, just like the, how it was saying and the catchiness and um, it was very fun, yeah. I'd say. So, um, so yeah, number five, oh, oh, I love her so. Um, I've got, oh man. I've got number four, Gimme, Gimme Shock Treatment. Fuck yeah. Uh, another one of those like songs where it's, it's uh, they have that kind of like, it's not like anthem type, but like it's definitely uh, they re- you know like they repeat um, that kind of hook line, um, and it, it kind of gives it that that boost for the song. Um, and of course, like uh, most of this record too, they got killer intros for like all yeah. the songs too. So, uh, which is really cool. I, I think that's kind of a staple of of um, the Ramones, kind of having these like just really pounding guitars. Um, and then, of course, it just kind of sets you up for, for the song. And, of course, Gimme Shock, Tre- Gimme, Gimme Shock Treatment um, has that kind of energy and, and, and um, kind of push towards it. So uh, that's number four. And then here's the one I'm going to switch around. I got number three. You're going uh, to kill that girl. Again, yeah. another freaking catchy Ramon song. Um, you gotta kill that girl, oh, and it so starts off so fifties, like like really sustained it, guitars and dude, clean, uh, crunchy. Uh. It is definitely that uh, again that yeah that fifties type like do up style and and yeah that oh yeah you're right dude that that, that first line where it's just kind of slow. I saw walking down, down the street. street. Wah, wah. <laughs> so and then good. it goes, one, two, you know, yeah. you know traditional freaking remote. You gotta one, kill that two, girl. Three, four. Hey. You gotta kill uh, that girl. Hey. It's so good, man. Yeah. And maybe it's because of that, like, kind of like, it starts off in this kind of slow, dreamy state. And then, of course, it, they bring it full circle again. So, so good. Um, yeah. So you're going to kill that girl. Um, that's number three. I've got uh, number two, Pinhead. Just another uh, just heavy-hitting Ramon song. Guitars are just going insane. Uh, the Yeah, it's just like another energetic sound, uh, song. Um, that guitar line, for how, like, how simple a lot of the Ramon songs are, I think that's like probably one of the most difficult like riffs because it's it's moving and sliding around all the time a couple times yeah and i think that's like probably the most famous like when i think of the ramon sound i think of those sliding parts you know yes like it there's something about it that's just very very much them it's yeah it's very signature like to them yeah to their sound and um i think that's why i gravitated towards uh the song and like and having it high up on there it definitely is like a core kind of a ramon song 
And uh, for number one, we used to cover this in our band, uh, California Sun. Hell yeah. What a freaking awesome song. Just makes me want to sit out in the sun. <laughs> and uh, it's like, it's definitely that surfer vibe, you know? Yeah. Beach side vibes. I'd say the um, whole album is very uh, surfer beach kind of. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I think so too, man. It definitely has all those different elements, but of course the core of like Ramones, the fast guitars, you know, quick lines, very melodic, you know, lyrics from uh, Joy Ramone. Um, yeah. What, I mean, what a great, I mean, I really like this record, dude. I mean, I know their first record was pretty, pretty cool. There's a lot of good songs in there and definitely kind of, you know, introduced you into the Ramones and like what they're about. Um, again, their so, you know, sophomore records are always kind of like, you know, taking what they had, you know, their kind of originating sound and pushing it a little bit further, but also kind of solidifying, like, this is our sound. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah. that's my top five. And I Love guess it. my six, six one I had was what's her game. Ooh, that's I a good was, one too. Yeah. I was kind of struggling on, uh, I think that was another, it's like another kind of ballad. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's my bonus one for, for today. So Fuck yeah, it. Joe, what, right are your, uh, what, are your, what are your top fives for leave home? You know, our lists are more similar than I really had anticipated them being. Um, <laughs> number five, you're going to kill that girl. And oh, for, sure. for all the reasons we mentioned, I, it's a fun song to play. It's a fun song to listen to. Um, it's the changes in time, really just the way it bookends with, with the slower parts is just kind yeah. of, it's beautiful, but it's such a horrific song. Like it's, and that's, only the Ramones can do can do that so seamlessly that. and flawlessly. Is you know we're gonna we're gonna make you sing along and jump up and down to this, but if you pay attention to the words at all, you're gonna be, you know, just frightened <laughs> like, and like what yeah, the fuck. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. Same with number four. Give me, give me shock treatment. It's you know that that was a real thing back then. Like people would get lobotomized and shit and um, get shock treatment. Um, as we see Joker do to Harley Quinn in Suicide Squad, if you want to even refer to those characters, Joker and Harley Quinn, but that's another story for another day, my friend, okay? Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, the Ramones knew, knew how to take mental illness and sing about it, and um, mm-hmm. you know, punk rock, I think, still thrives off of that, and that was that was the Ramones. That was Dee yeah. Ramone singing about the shit that he was going through, and uh, but making it fun and making you almost want to do it. Like you, you sing that song and you almost want to be like, yeah, fucking gave me shock treatment. But it, then you stop and thinking about it and you're horrified. Um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, number three, Pinhead. I, Pinhead. I, I try not to go for the, the singles or, or the most popular songs because I almost don't know how to judge them on their own. You know what yeah. I mean? As part of a record, because I you learn those songs first, right? And then they, yeah. they have this, you know, no matter how you look at it, the songs are going to be bigger and whatever. So I, you know, I, I almost try to steer clear of those. But you can't with these two songs, Give Me, Give Me Shock Treatment and, and Pinhead, because they're so quintessential Ramones, sound and um, lyrics, topics, themes, um, everything. And... I mean, fuck Pinhead, the, you know, Gaba Gaba, we accept you, we accept you, one of us. Like, that is, that is what the Ramones are about, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, feeling like an outsider, feeling like a freak, um, 
but hey man so are we it's cool yeah like <laughs> oh man i can't pl- i can't fucking play my instrument neither can we it's cool i can write songs anyway <laughs> man cool. yeah um you know this that's the ramones ramones um and to make you buy into it and be like fuck yeah you know this is cool i'm all about this um i don't know number two commando um, oh shit that's a good one too <laughs> commando is so good um the do the best do what they can get them ready for vietnam commando <laughs> but the, my favorite line in this song um first rule is the is. laws of Germany. Second rule is, is. eat kosher salami. Third <laughs> rule is uh, don't talk to commies. Fourth rule <laughs> is be nice to mommy. Like, only the Ramones can get away with that, dude. <laughs> uh, only the fucking yep. Ramones can get away with that. Uh, yeah, Commando is, is a really great song. Super underrated. Um, yeah. And then number one, we go. the lead-off song of this record, uh, Glad to See You Go, uh, um, where he you know, compares himself to Charles Manson. <laughs> Gonna get the glory Again, like Charles Manson. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so it's, you know, uh, it, it's putting a smile on my face just talking about it. Um, I think... God, I want to say my nan was still alive. I I feel like I remember being uh, at her place for a Christmas Eve, and I think my cousin Mickey gave me that that album. I could be remembering that wrong, but that's how I remember it. And mm-hmm. him being like, "This is the best Ramones record," and he was right. Um, I I think this is the best one. I think the first four are fucking flawless, uh, but mm-hmm. this is this has the the most songs and, and the best songs. I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Because it is more varied Ramones. than their first record. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's that's what I think is good about like the soft, you know, having a sophomore record and and moving forward. Yeah, got to keep got to keep pushing the sound. Hell yeah, uh, dude, that's awesome. I like the list. I like yours. Um, well, clearly it was three <laughs> three fifths the same, you know. Um, <laughs> But yeah, very good. So that's uh, next week we will do uh, Ramon's Rocket to Russia, which should be a lot of fun. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, Shawnee, I was thinking because uh, this episode will come out on Black Friday. um, Oh, yeah. Instead of doing um, like a a cool thing to share, what is is one thing or a couple things that you are thankful for? Oh, man. Um, Of course, just family. And, you know, my family is definitely family back in SF in the Bay Area. In the um, and then uh, just all family in general. But, um, yeah, my, my family, um, you know, they've always been there, supported me and through, you know, the music and just life itself. So I'm thankful for my family and, of course, my friends, including you, Joey. Really? Because you are. Yeah, Really? <laughs> <laughs> I get, I gotta thank you. No, uh, no, Joe. It's uh, Joe and I've we've known each other for what twenty five years or something. Yeah, twenty five years. Twenty five. Twenty five years, 25. man. And um, I know it gets tough with living in t- different areas. And um, yeah, man. I'm I'm happy that we have the show, and it's it's uh, just extension of our friendship in in some way or form. 
And um, yeah, man, just thankful for for you. And <laughs> fucking love you, dude. I fucking love you, man. I'm thankful for Sit you. Sit on dude. the radio, guys. There we go. Um, That's how you know it's yeah. real. It, it's for me, man. It's usually just thankful for friends and family that surround me because without um, those, you know, everyone and and you know that. I feel like I wouldn't be myself in, in a way, you know. I feel like everyone um, has affected me in some way or form. So um, I know that's kind of generic, but <laughs> and infected <laughs> at same, you. But at the same time, yeah, uh, it's it's from from the heart. It is from the heart. Mine's more from and the groin. Um, from the for the groin. Yeah. No, Joe. Where, where, <laughs> what are you, you thankful for? <laughs> I'm saying, man, I'm thankful for friends and family. Um, just overwhelmed with, uh, you know, gratefulness, thankfulness for, for, for my friends and family. Um, I've got the best friends and, and family in the world. Take a shot. Every single time I say friends and family starting a few minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, I, you know, and, and on top of that, um, Marty, my, my pup, um, Marty. It, yeah, he's, fucking amazing and i'm thankful <laughs> for him and it was just his birthday um oh saturday he shares a birthday with martin scorsese because he shares a oh, namesake dude. with martin scorsese awesome <laughs> <laughs> so yeah man, that's uh that's my shit yeah man are you so you're going back home for thanksgiving yeah me and my brother are gonna barbecue and uh should be fun heck yeah dude yeah man you uh, I unfortunately can't go this year. I've uh, they booked me like for work the day was Sons it tomorrow and Thursday, and I just don't have enough time to drive up. But you know, I talked to my pa- my family and um, planning to come home for Christmas and uh, yeah. And oh, actually, I guess um, I've already invited Joy to this. But every year I have a family kind of Christmas party. Mostly it's on my mom's side, but it's just kind of become family and friends pretty much and like whoever wants to come um but it's on the 22nd this year and um i'm gonna you know be coming up north for that and stay until christmas um but yeah i'm excited for that because i uh, joey and i we're gonna be uh reuniting with some of our with andrew hopkins and and my brother simon um to play some songs because we usually end up jamming during that time and just having a lot of drinks so (laughs) yes Um, we should record some of that and maybe release it as an episode Dude, um, freaking, we should have a, if you can bring a video camera, that'd be even, that'd be even cooler. Um, yeah, it's, it's I've got an iPhone X, so that's let's what I will, uh, that's what we'll do. Let's, let's do it. Hell we'll do yeah. A, we'll even do maybe a, a Facebook Live. Oh, hey. I don't know. Hey. Maybe. We'll see. I'll let you figure out the um, Facebook. Oh, um, yeah, we're, we're really ratcheting up Twitter as of today, um, I added like a thousand people and we've got over a hundred Twitter followers now and people are like, Hey, I'm going to listen to your shit. So, um, I, I, I hope, I hope you guys are, and I hope you're enjoying it and thank you for following us. Yes. Thanks to our listeners too. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Yeah. No, I'm very, very thankful (laughs) for the dear imaginary audience. I, yes, (laughs) but no, I, you know, honestly, I'm thankful for this show. Um, you know, even if nobody fucking listens, and who knows if people do, I don't know. Um, it's nice, you know, because we live so far away from each other now. Um, 
you know, our, our friendship is, I feel, always centered around being creative and, and creating. And um, when we don't have that, it's it, it makes it a lot harder. And this episode, or yes, this episode, but all the episodes, <laughs> um, <laughs> the show in general, like it's it's creating and it's 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 preserving and, and keeping the heart of our friendship beating. So I'll always be thankful for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shawnee, where can we find your work on the internet this week, sir? Uh, you guys can find me on Instagram at Shonday Music and then on my website, shondaymusic.net. Net. Dot com. It's, I'll figure it out someday. Uh, and then, uh, Joey, where can we find some of your work? Uh, you can check me out on my website, joeypartyscripts.com. And um, <laughs> you can check out the show. <laughs> you can check out the show on... Instagram on Twitter at Gmail. Uh, that's top five pod. That's T O P F I V E five P O D. And you can check us out on Facebook, top five podcasts. We are on iTunes on SoundCloud on Google play. And am I missing any? Uh, I think that's, I think we got all of them. I right? think we got all of them. So Twitter's please, the Twitter sphere. Yeah. We're, we're all, we're all, we're all tweeting and tweeting. Um, so please give us a follow, give us a like comment review. Um, maybe, you know, it would be amazing if someone could maybe like uh, conceive while while we're on in the background. Yeah. yeah so this is a, the challenge I'm putting out to our dear imaginary audience to conceive. <laughs> <laughs> with, Try to go all, the whole episode with too. top fives. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How <laughs> you know it's special? <laughs> all right. Uh, well, this has been fun. Um, I'm going to need some more Jameson. You know, my buddy uh, Roland made a good point. He told me the other, it's probably the best observation I've heard in a long time. He's like, the ice at the bottom of a Jameson on the rocks, there's nothing better. And I, I agree. There's no better ice. Um, so I'm going to eat some ice and maybe some food. Yeah, and, there you um, go. Yeah. <laughs> Until next time, Shawnee, I'm Joey Prati. And I'm Sean Day. Thanks. Thanks. Giving for for listening. listening.